Music allows us to come to terms with our identity and reveal our inner self. This is true whether we are the musician or the listener. For many of us, music can help us make sense of who we are, how we see the world, and how the world sees us. It can also break through social barriers. I'm Colleen Cosmo Murphy, founder of Classic Album Sundays and host of Respect, the Women of Atlantic, a special series here on What I'd Say. On this episode, I'm going to take a look at how female homosexuality has been expressed and in some cases not expressed in popular music. And I'll bring it up to the present with an artist who has addressed her own sexual orientation as a gay woman in her music, Haley Kiyoko. Sexuality and music have always gone hand in hand. Sexual lyrics, whether explicit or masked, have been a trademark of blues, rock and pop from its birth until now. However, if we were to look at popular music from the last century, sexuality and music has been predominantly heterosexual. And if we were to look for lyrics about same-sex female relationships, we would have to look in more earnest. But that's not to say it's not there. In 1928, blues artist Ma Rainey sang, Went out last night with a crowd of my friends. They must have been women, because I don't like no men. I'm prove it to me blues. I want the whole world to know. This day I do it. Ain't nobody caught me. you got to prove it on me. When I was last night with a crowd of my friends, for the most part, 1950s and 60s female pop artists who identified as gay or bisexual felt more restricted. The pop sensation discovered by Quincy Jones, Leslie Gore, was known for her number one single, It's My Party. But she also had a hit with You Don't Own Me, which was definitely a feminist song. But it was centered around a heterosexual relationship, even though she had already discovered she was gay. And similarly, Janis Joplin was rumored to be bisexual amongst her peers, but not publicly. And the sexuality and longing in the songs she sang were seemingly directed at men. Female pop singers in the 1960s felt they didn't have the freedom to truly express their sexual orientation if it was aimed at other women. And a case in point is the late and great Dusty Springfield. She was one of the most successful singers in Britain in the 1960s. And in 1966 alone, she had four hits, more than any other musical act, including the Beatles. At her peak, Dusty fronted four seasons of her own Dusty TV show and guest presented one of Britain's most popular primetime music programs, Ready Steady Go. She also introduced Motown artists such as Stevie Wonder and the Supremes and also Jimi Hendrix to a British audience. Her friend and fellow singer Kiki D called her one of the first female artists at a very chauvinistic time who knew what she wanted and went for it. While she was signed to Phillips, Dusty not only performed her own music, but also produced it. Her recording manager, Johnny France, allowed her to take control of her sessions, but she was too uncomfortable to publicly take the credit. She recalled in an interview with Mojo Magazine, he'd sit in the control room while I'd go out and scowl at the musicians. It was very difficult for them because they'd never heard this stuff before. 
I'm asking somebody with a stand-up bass to play Motown bass lines, and it was a shock. Asked why she didn't take the credit, Dusty replied, For one, France deserved it, and I was grateful. And then there was the calculating part of me that thought it looked too slick for me to produce and sing, because women didn't do that. And there remains in the British audience, though less so, that attitude of, don't get too slick on us, don't be too smart or we won't love you. And I wanted to be loved. In Karen Bartlett's fantastic biography, Dusty, an intimate portrait of a musical legend, she revealed Dusty would push and push the session musicians to get the sound she wanted. And when one called her a bitch, Dusty shot back with some bitterness that there were a lot of men who had called her names behind her back, but were quite happy to live off the money they earned from her. After her contract with Phillips ended, she signed with Atlantic Records, and her first album was the classic Dusty in Memphis. Lord knows to my surprise, the only one who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man, the only boy who could ever teach me was the son of a preacher man. Dusty's fans didn't know she would have rather been singing about a woman. She had known she was attracted to girls from the time she was at convent school where she had a crush on one of the nuns. But she had to publicly conceal her sexual identity at all costs, and the cost was high. One of her former backing singers, Jean Westwood, revealed she was terrified if it came out, it would ruin her career and her fans would leave, so she refused to talk about it. But this closeted behavior had its consequences for Dusty, a singer who always had a touch of sadness in her voice and was unable to allude to her feelings toward women in her music. Her shame at her sexual orientation led to her depression, dependence on drink and drugs, and suicide attempts. Since I've been away In the 70s, thanks to artists like David Bowie, who claimed to be bisexual, other musicians were inspired to explore non-hetero relationships in music from art pop to folk. Women like singer-songwriter Holly Near led the way in helping change public views by openly identifying as gay women. These women encouraged the next generation of artists like Katie Lang, Annie DeFranco, Melissa Etheridge, Indigo Girls, and Tegan and Sarah, who all publicly came out. But it's worth noting these artists had and have a more focused sound and audience rather than pure pop for the masses. Many of them were already preaching to the converted. Attitudes toward the LGBT community have changed considerably in this century. Gender fluidity and sexuality are now hot topics in mainstream media. It's certainly not a perfect world as of yet, but it's important to recognize that we have come a long way and are beginning to enjoy a more tolerant society, even if it's just with baby steps. These attitudes have welcomed a new generation of female artists like Beth Ditto and St. Vincent, to be more confident, vocal, and unashamed at expressing their sexual orientation. Haley Kiyoko is another case in point. With her single Girls Like Girls, 
Haley openly expressed her sexual identity as a lesbian and also attempted to normalize same-sex relationships as they should be seen as just as ordinary as heterosexual relationships. But she hasn't always felt comfortable in being outspoken about her sexuality, especially as a teen member of the bubblegum pop girl group, The Stunners. It was after she debuted as a solo artist that Haley decided she would reveal the inner self that was struggling to come out. Alongside her musical career, Haley is also a recognized figure in the acting world and has had lead roles in high-profile television series like CSI Cyber, Disney film Lemonade Mouth, and the film XOXO created for Netflix. Through her roles as both musician and actress, she has a large mainstream audience rather than a niche audience who's more familiar with what's often regarded as alternative lifestyles. And it's because of her bold expression of her sexual identity through her music that she has garnered a supportive and devoted fan base who are inspired by her message and feel empowered by her songs. We caught up with Haley both in person and also at the Samsung Doers Defying Barriers event around the release of her album, Expectations, continuing the trajectory of her 2015 single, Girls Like Girls, Haley's new album features more songs hinged upon her own personal experience as a lesbian, including the singles Sleepover and Curious. She told us why she feels compelled to repeatedly express her sexuality in her work. It's important to um, address my sexuality in my music because that's a part of my life. It's a huge part of my life. And if I didn't address that in my music, then I don't know what I would sing about because that's like probably 80% of my life is like complaining about girls or like looking at a cute girl walking down the street or like, you know, like that just affects me like every two seconds. So if I didn't sing about that, then I feel like I wouldn't be being true to who I am. And I think that's why it's important too for me to want to be a pop artist and to be in the mainstream is because I want to showcase that. Well, I want to prove that I, I can be on the radio and that that option is there and that can happen for people. Haley didn't always feel this freedom, especially in her younger years, as she revealed at the Samsung event. You know, in middle school and high school, like, I never hung out at the promenade with the cute girls because I felt uncomfortable because the girls wanted to hang out with the guys, but I was there with for the girls. And, you know, it was this, like, whole thing, ripple effect. And it always made me feel depressed when I would go to these promenades or go do what all the other straight girls would do. It just made me feel sad. So I would stay at home and watch movies with my mom, which was great. She's great company. And, um, and so that was kind of me growing up. Um, I knew who I was, uh, but it was hard because I didn't know anyone like me. Um, and if I did, they were ridiculed or judged. I'm just on the phone like a murder. Been looking through the text and all the There have been so many gay female musicians who never felt empowered enough to come out as a lesbian in their professional life. 
I'm thinking of icons like the aforementioned Dusty Springfield, who didn't even feel she had a choice, given the stigma attached to homosexuality in the 60s. Fast forward a half of a century, and even though we're in a more tolerant society, there are still stigmas attached, which Haley certainly felt in the early days of her musical career. I think in the beginning of my career when I was in like a girl group, in the beginning before I got into my solo music, if we're going to be really honest, I felt very uncomfortable because I felt like I had to sell sex and like, even though we were very young, but I felt like I had to be very feminine and I had to like attract men to be successful in the music industry. And that was really hard for me because that wasn't an interest of mine. And two, it's just something that wasn't comfortable uh, with who I was. And so that was, that was a battle. And then when I got out of that and finally was able to focus on my solo music, which is what I've always wanted to do, I realized, you know, the confidence is within and, you know, I could wear a t-shirt and pants and look like a boy, but feel and but still look like a girl and feel confident and um, love myself as long as it came with within. And that takes time, you know, that just takes maturity and, and time. You know, Girls Like Girls was a turning point where I released this video. I didn't put myself in the video. I wanted to really focus on the story and the topic and the conversation. And then after that, I was like, oh, I'm not you know, like I'm not being judged. Like this is cool. Um, and then I released another music video, and I'm like making out with a girl. And then I released it, and I wasn't judged. And I was like, okay, I'll do that again. <laughs> um, and share more and more of my life. Um, so it's it's really been a gradual thing where I release a music video and I push the boundaries a little bit more and I push the boundaries a little bit more and then every time I just I start to love myself even more and feel really comfortable with who I am. Haley's story has also had a big impact on her fans and it seems that not only does she inspire them but her followers also inspire her. It's been overwhelming when I go on tour I'm just sobbing. I need like a sponsorship for tissues because I just am buying boxes of them. I'm crying all the time. It's just so wonderful. I, I'll never forget. There was this one girl who came up to me and she was telling me how when she came to my concert, she was really depressed and she couldn't understand why she was so depressed. She didn't have any friends. She couldn't get a job. She was like, her grades were terrible in, in school. And then she said she went to my concert like on a whim. Like her friend like had brought me to her my concert. And all of a sudden, she made friends at my concert. And she felt like she found herself and she loved herself after my concert and she felt found her community of people and after she went to my concert everything switched for her and as soon as she learned to love herself which was at my concert she said everything changed for her life like her grades went up she got a job she was happy she was healthy she started working out and she was like crying and like thanking me for like basically like I get emotional thinking about it but like saving her life and it really like hit me hard because 
it's true. It really starts with loving yourself and like the ripple effect of like just everything around you, like the way you act with people and, and like work and school. It's like, it's all affected by how you treat yourself. These are very positive and powerful messages that Haley transmits, not only through her music, but also through her videos. I've directed eight music videos now. And someone was like, oh, you're doing another music video about girls. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am. And it's 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 a story you've never heard. <laughs> you know, it's something completely, you know, it's like you're not complaining about hearing about heterosexual relationships, which we've heard about for generations and centuries. <laughs> but this is my sixth video. You've seen six videos and now you're complaining. <laughs> and that's the whole problem. It's like trying to normalize it and being like, this is not, it's this, these are stories. These are about feelings. These, there's, there's all shades and colors and, um, you know, times of different relationships before the relationship, after the relationships. Um, and, you know, I think that's why my fans and I connect on such a deep level because, um, they need and want that content because that content isn't out there because people complain about it. They're like, we've already seen this. And I'm like, well, I've already seen all of this stuff my whole life and I'm not complaining about it because it's about emotion and we all connect. We all feel I'm crying about stuff that I've never, I've never felt about a man, but I'm crying about it and I'm connecting, you know? So it's like, it's about really, Connecting as a is a it's a you know a human race and having human compassion for each other. That's what I do. That's why I do the music videos that I do, and that's why I'm driving it. I'm putting out more and putting out more. And I'm like, yeah, of course, I can do music about it, videos about everything, anything. I could tell other stories. Sure, I could. But the point is, is that I'm tr I'm trying to make a point and trying to put out a lot of content that we're missing. Unlike her forebear, Dusty Springfield, a gay female musician who produced her own music but didn't feel comfortable admitting to either of those things, Haley Kiyoko is loudly and proudly in control of her own output. She hopes her role as a female singer who directs her own videos inspires other burgeoning female musicians to do the same. I feel I feel like directing music videos and, and being a, a, a woman has empowered people. If it didn't empower people, you know, that would suck. I think it's important. I I, th I think that's why I do what I do and, and sing about what I sing about. It, you, it's important to lead by example and to put yourself out there and to show people that anything is possible. I, as an artist, I've really started from the, the bottom and slowly have been climbing and I'm very self-made. And so it's important to showcase that anything is possible and, and the best things take time. That's something that I've learned, like, especially reflecting on, wow, my album's about to come out. I've been working on this for over seven years, just like developing my solo music and my whole life really. And, um, you know, you go through frustrations and nights of crying and, and being like, why isn't it this way? Why isn't it that way? And then you reflect and you're like, wow, you know, this is the right way. It's taking your time and really making sure that it's right. And everything happens for a reason and timing is everything. Um, and it's all about longevity, too. It's about strength. 
um, and clarity and focus. Haley Kiyoko's debut solo album, Expectations, was released in March 2018, and she clearly set the bar for herself with the album's title. Expectations, the, al- the album title, is my biggest strength and biggest weakness. So it's my biggest strength because I set my expectations so high, so I'm able to succeed in, in what I want. And I'm like, I have to hit my mark for my expectations. But then I'm also extremely disappointed in myself and other people because I set my expectations up so high. Also, too, I've had to learn throughout the years with like health and stuff. Sometimes you have to set your expectations low for yourself. Like today, I'm not feeling well. I need to set my expectations low. I'm only going to do X, Y, and C, and that's okay. And being comfortable with that and learning to have compassion for yourself. And so that was like the only word that really kind of connected all of these topics throughout the album where I'm singing about girls, I'm singing about loss, I'm singing about health, I'm singing about all these different things that I've been going through and uh, was kind of the red thread throughout it all. In the footsteps of the album's first singles, Sleepover and Curious, there are other songs on the album that also focus on and revolve around Haley's queer identity. He'll Never Love You. I've been wanting to write that song for like my whole life, but I haven't been able to put it into words, you know, and really articulate it properly. And so it's one of my, it's one of my favorite songs on a personal level because it's something that I feel like most girls that like girls go through. And it's a song where when I listen to it in the car, I'm just like, Yes, and then that happened, and then that happened, and then nah. <laughs> like, it's just like it like fuels me in like a really aggressive but like good way. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a song about this girl that loved me and is definitely gay. Couldn't come out to herself, but would still like hit me up. It's inspiring to speak with young LGBTQ musicians like Haley Kiyoko, as it wasn't so long ago when other like-minded voices were silenced. I feel a real sadness when I look back at the careers of gay and bisexual musicians like Leslie Gore, Janis Joplin, and Dusty Springfield, women who felt they couldn't express who they really were in their music and to their fans. They must have felt so compromised and repressed. There's still a long way to go for gay relationships to be viewed in the same light as hetero relationships, as normal as it should be. But our society is taking steps towards being more tolerant. And we have outspoken artists like Haley Kiyoko to help us inch ever closer and open the doors for other gay musicians to follow suit. I'm Colleen Cosmo Murphy, and thank you for listening to Respect, the Women of Atlantic, a special series here on What I'd Say. You can listen to Haley Kiyoko's full-length album, Expectations, now. Cash my-